My racing career isn't just about me. It's about the team, the fans, the sponsors, the families, the tracks, the whole sport. Join us over the next five months on the Junior Nation Appreciation Tour, where we show appreciation to where it's owed. This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Thanks to Hopeless Records for providing today's theme song, Where I Want to Be by The Dangerous Summer. It's a great song, ain't it? Yeah, you like that one. I like I like all these songs. Okay, good, because they're coming back, you know. They yeah, just, I know, we're uh, on the second round. No, no, no. Oh. Dangerous Summer has just announced that they're back in the studio. I did see that, yes. And uh, making music. I did see so that. So all their fans are going crazy. Yes. And uh, that's pretty awesome. You being one of them. Yeah. AJ and all the guys in the band are... Uh, Back in the studio, going to make a new record. I think this is their fourth album, and uh, they haven't made one in four years. So we're going to have new songs to play yeah. at the start of this podcast. That's right, man. So anyhow, Loudon Race Weekend, we had an uh, up-down race. You were out of town. Where were you at? I was at Myrtle Beach. So you went Actually, to Mur- North Myrtle Beach. Don't Myrtle's kind of dirty nowadays. So wow, you're just gonna throw Myrtle into the bus right out of the gate. Uh, hey, so there's a big difference between North Myrtle and regular Myrtle. Yes, yeah. I mean I've been you down there, but down I just there. cut it all. I just thought it was all Myrtle. It, no, there's a divide. There's a divide. Yeah. All right. I didn't but, even go to Myrtle. Gotcha. Yeah. Did you check out the racing over at Myrtle Beach Speedway? No, I have before. I wasn't. I went down there Monday and came back Saturday morning, so they had not raced while uh, I was down there. Gotcha. I have gone there before. Yeah. Whenever. Uh, Trevor Bain was in Hooters Pro Cup. Yeah. I saw him race. He raced a McDonald's car there. Okay. He did not win. He didn't win. The 88 uh, Champion Sparks Plugs car did not win either. Oh, yeah. We had a car in that race, too. Yeah, Shane Huffman. Well, Trevor Bain won uh, something this weekend. What did he win? Well, I don't know if they covered it on the race, but there was a pretty interesting battle between him and A.J. Allmendinger. No. At the end of the race, no? No. Okay, so toward the end of the race, um, I think I don't really know how it started, but I was behind these guys, and AJ, uh, I think AJ moved Trevor out of the way for a spot, and then Trevor moved AJ out of the way for a spot, and they decided to kind of beat and bang on each other for the last several laps. And then after uh, the race, we pulled into the uh, pulled into pit road, and they had a little shoving match. Oh, did they? Because, see, I saw a picture of you – and everybody on the team looking a certain direction. And I was like, what's going on over there? Yeah. And so I was scrolling through Twitter, and I didn't see anything. Yeah, so he, um, AJ, all I saw, I saw AJ shove Trevor, but Trevor uh, Trevor had a long conversation with AJ right there at the car. Before or after the shove? After. Oh. Yeah. AJ's a little feisty guy. Yeah. But Trevor is in your biking crew, so yeah, he he's, bikes. He's probably he's pretty good shape. shape too. Yeah, he has has a height advantage, probably maybe a reach advantage as well. Interesting. Um, AJ would have to try to get inside. Did you just break that news of their um, post race? I assumed it was on uh, TV. It, I didn't see it. Oh. I watched it. They missed. Or I watched it. the race, and yeah, they missed it. Dog. All right. Well, let's get to back. Let's get to talking about the race a little bit. We ran around tenth all day long. We had a, uh, ah, you know, I think our all our teammates were kind of the same. Eighth, ninth, tenth. We had an actual battle there for a while yeah. for eighth, ninth, and tenth place between uh, me and Chase and Jimmy. Uh, Casey was fast, but had uh, strategy bit him a little bit. But anyhow, I don't, you know, we a lot of fans are sort of, I don't know, up in there as far as their opinion on what we did at the end of the race. As far as staying out on old tires, we didn't really have a prayer. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, running 10th wasn't going to do anything for us either. So, yeah, because you're not going to drive from 10th to 1st. No, I mean, no, no, no. You're not going to, yeah. 
I, I never even thought about that, but finishing 10th is what I meant. Finishing 10th yeah. wasn't going to do anything for us. Yeah. So trying to stay out on old tires and uh, I don't know. That was I, the only shot we had. I understood it. I had very low expectations for the move. Yeah. Uh, considering so, everyone pitted. And is it bad that I had low expectations as well? I mean, I was in the car supposed to have this great attitude and maybe i mean the realistic expectations yeah my realistic expectations were low is right. that okay yeah i mean especially if like six guys had stayed out maybe yeah but literally everybody else pitted even the people that were on our strategy like yeah. the two car and the three car and a couple other people i think had stayed out uh and were in the position we were in and i thought maybe the two at least would try to stay out didn't but he knew like that was a lost cause yeah and like so everybody pitted and only one guy took two tires yeah so that was and he was one of the fast guys too yeah he was actually leading yeah i saw uh matt kenseth at the race he said you know i thought i thought that uh the decision to take two tires was bad till i saw you uh restarting on the front row that was a terrible decision but which i thought it was pretty funny he's very he's being humorous he wasn't trying to be an asshole but, but um i mean you got to make that move yeah i know so a lot of people are up in there so i guess the question is is um as a fan are you willing to give away a 10th place finish a better finish uh for a real shot in the dark we're gonna have to take these gambles every week i guess i'm trying to prepare the fans to be ready for this to happen yeah. The situation that we're in right now, a 10th place is as good as a 25th 18th. place. Yeah, 19th, 18th, whatever. Wherever we finished. 19th. Um, so you've got to try. I mean, like we said, you're not, you weren't going to come out 10th and drive your way up through there. I, nobody really made progress. I mean, Larson made a lot of progress at the start of the race, but otherwise... Larson has, was three-tenths faster than the field the entire weekend. That's why he made so much progress. Yeah, so you're not going to take a tenth-place car, and then all of a sudden this little adjustment's going to make that big a difference. So I, it was a failed attempt, but at least you're trying. Yeah. you got to put yourself out there. I mean, it's like anything in life. you got to try, or you're not going to succeed. Yeah. It was un... Uh, comfortable position to be in, unfavorable and unfavorable position to be in. Be that uh, even twelve lap tires there. Um, when you're in that spot though, ugh. and you know the tires you have versus what the other guys have, is I your. I mean, we were two tenths off the of top five with the same tires. Yeah, much less twelve lap tires. So is your concern more so like I don't want I don't want to make a mistake right here in front of the whole field. I wasn't going to make a mistake. Well, it could happen. Like what? Like what happens if you get a little loose off two, smash into the 18, nah. 11. I mean, I can control my car. I know, but it Man, gets... you are dark. You're one dark. T- one time. You're morbid. No, I'm saying what happened. You were right behind Jimmy the time that he was racing. I think it was the 14 off of four. And he got loose and it shot him down like a groove and a half. What happened? What if that would have happened to you in front of the pack? Does that make you nervous? I've never. No, raced. I never. Okay. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't have these. I don't. I don't have these dark. That's a pessimistic. Pessimistic I, uh, thoughts right before restart. Uh, like, oh my god, what if I crash the whole field? I mean, that's no way to th- <laughs> think. I used to maybe have those thoughts whenever I was doing online racing. Yeah, and I didn't want to be is that, that guy. What you, is that how you? F- so that's probably where you're. Why you weren't so great at online racing? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, when you're playing basketball with us. Uh, since you're on my team that you don't have those thoughts when you're shooting. I don't, know. Like, oh, this is going to crash yeah. off the rim and hit somebody in the forehead and bust somebody's face open. <laughs> that's a little well, that's sort of where you were going yeah. with our restart. But, so would you say, because in past years, tires weren't such a big deal at Loudon, but yeah, we, this we, year, in both well, races, it was huge. Yeah, we went there, I went testing the tire, I don't know, a year or two ago and uh it's a great tire um and that's why i think we picked this tire is because it does have some fall off and it is important to come in and you know it used to be uh pointless to pit for tires there you didn't need them but now the tire that we have now it allows guys to 
to drive through the field. If they do get tires, they're not stuck back in 10th place and can't go anywhere. Uh, so tires do make a difference, and that, that, uh, that creates some strategy. So I like the tire, and, yeah, you're right. Tires are, are much more important than they have been in that, at that racetrack traditionally over the last decade. But anyhow, you know, I, it, it's what's done is done. I think people need to get uh, ready for some more gambling. Whether we've got a shot at it or not, we're going to take that gamble. I think we make the same choice. Yeah, even after even after a day or two of thinking on it. The other uh, big story of the weekend was the PJ One. Yeah, which, they changed the, the name of it. Yeah, what's the difference? Well, I guess some company must have bought this stuff and now has rebranded it. I'm not oh. sure. Does anybody know what PJ stands for? No. No. So <laughs> See, they sprayed this stuff on the racetrack. Initially, they put a little bit down in turn in, in the inside of the turn. They put a they put a lot down uh, just outside the typical groove. I applaud them for doing it. I thought it was the best usage of this uh, uh, this goop, this sticky stuff uh, that we've we've we've. Um, We've been using it at a couple tracks, and I think this was the best application of it because it it it, it created new lanes. Um, they put it where we weren't running, which created new alternate uh, lanes and different ways of getting around the corner. You saw guys running right on the bottom. You saw guys running in the higher lane. You saw guys cr- using both lanes, crossing across the racetrack. You had options, you know, and I think that created opportunities for passing. Created guy, you know, gives you. Uh, it gives you some uh, somewhere else to go that's still got some speed, you know, some of these other lanes. So I thought it was a good job. Hopefully they'll, you know, apply it again. One thing that I would adjust if I could is to actually put it even higher, um, even wider in the top groove. They, they, um, they could go a little farther, I think, with it because uh, we would get above the PJ1 and we need a little, you know, we want to run higher to get even a more aggressive run off the corner to beat those guys that are trying to run the bottom. And so I think they put it like ten feet wide. Maybe they could go to fifteen. Well, yeah, I think they could. Uh, they could at least almost double the outside groove width uh, to to even create an even more dramatic and exciting. It seemed like Brad Kozlowski on Twitter after the race and his spotter Joey Meyer during the race tweeted. They thought that the PJ1 was contributing to pulling up the asphalt. And so you had that red flag. Yeah. Do you think that – is that like a concern? Oh, I'm going not, forward? I'm not, I'm, no, I'm not concerned about it. I don't have to pay for uh, the asphalt uh, dis- dis- destroying itself. I, I, I'm not worried about it. That track is really close to needing to repave. If you go out there and actually get to ride around the track or walk the track, the cracks that are in that track – they're, they're like three to four inches wide where this oh. this concrete has shrunk and stretched and through the winters up there and the summers this this asphalt i mean is uh is really beaten up taking a toll uh, the winters harsh winters up there and the hot summers are taking a toll on this surface and so what they were trying to what they were pulling out of the racetrack was actually this tar that they pour into those cracks to try to hold the track together and allow it to I got you. Allow it to sort of have that ability to contract and so forth. But it's it's um it's close to needing to repave and it'll be interesting to see exactly, you know, how they go about doing that because maybe they don't they don't pave all the lanes. Remember that grip strip we had at Pocono in turn three? I think if they just repave that groove that they're having trouble with, which is the third groove at the racetrack, just pave that one. You're really gonna have a pretty awesome looking looking race, I believe. So that's and just my two cents. Another uh, I wouldn't repave the whole thing. I'll just pay the pave the strips that need it. What about the um after the race so there was some talk about that during the race and leading up to the race. After the race, people were back to talking about the start times. Yeah, start times. That's been a topic of conversation all day. Yeah. What? So, like, obviously, I didn't go to the race yesterday. Watching at home, it's um, it's not ideal. But I, watching at home, it isn't it isn't as bad as being there, because you can do whatever you got to do in the morning. You watch the race from three to six. 
you're you're not going out after the race. That's the East Coast guy. East Coast guy, yes. Now West Coast guy, I've been looking on Twitter. Obviously, there's a lot. You know, there's a lot of different opinions here. There's not really one argument that's winning. There's going to be a lot of people that like, oh, I like it. Um, I like the start times the way they are, being at three o'clock. But there are a lot of people that liked the a lot of people that lived on the west coast that liked the races starting early because they could get up in the morning get their coffee start watching the race and then have the rest of the day to do something yeah i've seen a lot of people have that comment it's interesting because it's a it's really a split debate yeah so like being an east coast guy i can see it both ways um being someone who goes to most of the races i don't like it yeah I don't think anybody in the industry likes it, not even, you know, exclude the drivers. We have jets. We jump around, go where we want to go. Look at all the, you know, if you're thinking about all the industry folks that have to have the, a little more labor in their travel, um, these folks are getting home much later, the fans included. They're going to this race, right. and they're getting home much later as well. Um, so I think as far as attending the race, it's di- more difficult for the tracks. Maybe the tracks might not be in favor of it. Which the fan aspect, like obviously we see it from our perspective, oh, poor, poor, pitiful me, whatever. But the fan perspective, they're not flying the t- or they're, they're driving three and four hours yeah. after the race. So they're not getting home till really late. That part is probably a little, that's not good for the fan. But then you weigh the fan at home, the fan at the track. Yeah. What about the fans overseas? This is terrible timing for them. The terrible. Yeah, just and awful. Let's, we need to reiterate, because I saw some people on Twitter who were confused. They're not considering the Russian... Oh, they thought that was serious. I saw that was some, a joke. I, I need to use more emojis yes. in my tweets to make sure people know that there is sarcasm involved. Yeah, because I saw a few people... They were seriously yeah. taking that... Yeah, oh, which is my bad. Yeah. I really didn't think people would take that seriously. We could we could hook up a five a.m. start yeah. somewhere. What like I have not. I, I, to be honest, I have not seen any tweets from Moscow. Yeah, complaining about the start times. Yeah, but um, they're not complaining about anything though. So <laughs> I think uh, you know I don't like it. I, I'll be honest with you. The three p.m. start times are, I in my opinion, a bit of a desperate reach that it don't accomplish their goal. It doesn't. It doesn't accomplish the goal. That's I it. liked the one o'clock start thought, times, yep. seven thirty for night races, three thirty when it's a West Coast race. Yeah. Because I'm a I'm a football fan and I know that there's gonna be a game Sundays at one o'clock, four o'clock, and eight o'clock. Yep. There's consistency, you can plan around it. But like yesterday started at three, next week starts at two thirty. Next, the next one, Lord knows, it probably starts at four. Who knows? I'm, I think I, it starts at three. Yeah, I was exaggerating, I agree. but still. I think every, I think the consistency that you see in maybe the NFL is a great model. I as well understand that there's one o'clock, four o'clock, and that's the model, and it works really well. It's easy to plan around. It's easy to understand where you need to be. Um, I think that these start times, especially when they kind of do jump around every half hour or so. Uh, or they start, or they, you know, one network begins the race at some at, at, at the normal hour, which I call normal one o'clock. Or so, you know, you got you got all kinds of start times throughout the season. It's just super confusing. We have these Saturday night races, and I, even as a driver, I couldn't tell you when any of these races start. I have to literally look at the time every at, of the day of the race. I have to look at the time for drivers' intros. I need to look. You know, this yeah. isn't stuff that is consistent enough. For me to know when yeah, it's going to be, it could be like a one o'clock start time. Driver intro is twelve thirty. Your driver's meeting is probably eleven o'clock. Yeah. If, if that was the same every week, it would build more. I think that would that help gain momentum. Yeah, I mean, as a fan, that that that's what you want is consistency and I do at least something easy to understand. It's gonna it's a debate. This and another thing too about this start time thing. And like I said, we understand that there's. It's, there's no real clear winner in this argument, but we have been down this road before. We went down this road many, many years ago, changing the start times to later. It wasn't even that long ago. And they wrote uh, exciting articles uh, promoting this. 
uh, as a great change, and then they wrote exciting articles promoting it as a great change when they changed it back. Yeah, and then to starting at one o'clock. So here we are again. We've been through this before. We've been through this cycle. I expect that uh, in inside of two years we'll be back to one o'clock start times. <laughs> uh, hopefully, by and that's that. going to be exciting news. Yeah, and that'll be exciting news. They'll write some great articles about it. So we did some cycling this weekend. We um, one particular story that, uh, and the reason I, I, you know, cycling isn't all that exciting, so we're not going to talk about it every week. But this particular weekend, something funny happened. I was in the garage area, and this guy walks up, and he's running this podcast. Uh, he's got his phone and his microphone, and he's doing a live podcast. His name is Brian Bell, and he runs a uh, he does a podcast up north. So he walks up and says, hey, man, you know, he asked me some questions about racing. He's like, you're on a podcast. This is live. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions? No problem. Uh, so we ran through a few questions real quick, kind of goofy, having fun. And he says, y'all, y'all going to ride today? Cycle, cycling? I'm like, yeah, we probably are, actually, because I'm going to ride with you. And I thought, of course you are, right? <laughs> and uh, he said, what time? I said, probably around 345. We're going to exit the tunnel. And he goes, all right, I'll be ready. And I'm thinking, yeah, whatever. You're, you're not serious. This is all, you know, fun and games. We get on the bikes around 345. It's me, Jamie McMurray, and uh, Trevor Bain, Casey Kane. And we're going out the racetrack. And he, uh, he comes riding up, this guy. With geared up and everything? Geared up, yeah. He's in cycling gear on a bike, and we st- – he rides up and he says, hey, remember me? I said, yep. He said, you mind if I ride? I'm like, of course not. You know, this is a – cycling is very social. It's not uncommon to be riding down the road and, 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 you know, see someone and ride with them or what have you. So, uh, you know, safety in numbers, all that stuff. So we go riding. And we, you know, we, he's telling me, he's like, you know, I ride a little bit. I got this charity I'm riding in. Uh, so I'm like, okay, so this guy really does ride and it's – it's not some kind of, he's not doing some kind of gimmicky thing for a story, but he did write a story, which I read, which was very nice. Um, so this guy rides with us uh, for like eight or ten miles, okay? Then what Is what this interesting to, to you? Well, yeah, I'm well, confused. confused. What happened after eight to ten miles? All right, so <laughs> as we're riding, Jamie's explaining to me, McMurray, he's like, hey, they got these tubes in the trees in the woods, these plastic, these rubber tubes running through the woods. Have you seen them? I'm like, no, nah, I haven't seen them. I'm trying to think in my head, what, what would there be tubes in the woods? He's like, well, this is how they get the maple out of the trees for maple syrup. So we're riding along, and uh, we stop, and Jamie's like, there's the, there's the tubes. Look out in the woods there. And I look out, and there's these rubber tubes running everywhere all through the woods. He's like, that's how they get the maple out. This guy... That, this guy Brian that's riding with us goes well the maple's not running right now not this time of year but it will be soon so Jamie goes well those must be maple trees and the guy says they're not selling pine syrup which <laughs> I thought was a very funny joke yeah yeah jeez what did did Jamie feel like an idiot yeah he did so well, poor Jamie yeah well, is this, is this mean, where he, this he guy's the, ride ended yeah well not really he didn't just tell a joke and then pull <laughs> off <laughs> But this is, it all it built funny. up to this joke. Yeah, it was funny because Jamie was the one like, look, you got to see these tubes. They're, they pull the maple out of the trees, and he's telling this whole story, and we get up and stop, and, he, and the guy says, well, the maple's not running right now, uh, but it will be. And Jamie's like, so those must be maple trees. It really floored all of us. We were, we were surprised that Jamie said that. Poor Jamie. Like he wouldn't know that maple comes from maple trees. We went another two miles, and we lost Brian. He you, did finish the loop which was about a 22-mile loop. I saw him the next day after the race, I believe. Um, and he said, thanks for riding. I said, sorry we lost you. He said, no problem. It was a blast. So, you lost him. He just fell off the pack. He just was a little slow up it's the okay. hill, and, and you, know, hey. you, you lose him. Maybe he I, think, I mean, he we started have... as a group of five, and, and we ended in three different groups. Oh. Yeah, so it broke I would, up. I was going to ask, because I saw that you rode with Casey and Trevor, yeah. and they wrecked each other the week prior. Did they? Is that awkward? I didn't know that. Oh, so there was no like awkward tension? They just not covered that. Oh, well. They did. Remember, Casey was angry tweeting after Kentucky. Ah. But clearly, they got over it. Didn't yeah. care. Ah, 
Yeah, must not been a big story during the week. What about your uh, flat tire? Must not been too big a story. Yeah, yeah. clearly. Yeah. Um, well, maybe they'll cover uh, AJ and Trevor this week. That was maybe. interesting. Yeah. Maybe now they will. Yeah. We're gonna dig this up. Yeah. We're telling them what to cover. Look, guys, there's a lot of good stuff to cover. Uh, yeah, I had a flat Friday. I was a mile from the track, so I was almost finished. But Jimmy was taking us down all these dirt roads. I got this... Uh, no way for to ride a road bike. Yeah, I got my bike ain't made for that. And uh, neither was my tire. So Thanks, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy, he was Hashtag taking us. He's like, he's like, hey, this is New Hampshire. You know, half the roads are dirt. This is just the way it is. So that night... I'm like, I'm going to ride again on Saturday. So that, that Friday night, I made my own, I mapped my own loop, stayed strictly on the pavement, and that's what we rode on Saturday. And with, you did with, not inv- invite Brian, Jimmy? With podcast Brian. Well, I asked Jimmy if he wanted to go riding Saturday, and he said, no, I'm going to go with the fast guys, which that... Wow. He didn't sugarcoat it. That was yeah. rude. It was a little rude. Hurt my feelings. But, uh, so yeah, Jimmy went with... Uh, Let's see. He he rode with Kenseth, a few other guys. Paul Wolf. Is Paul Wolf a fast guy? Super fast. Oh yeah. Yeah, I they've been riding pe- a long time. I didn't have him pegged as a he cyclist. He rides the hell out of a bike. So Saturday night you did the trackside live experience. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. How was that? That was pretty fun. You know they used to have this trackside live stage. Trackside live stage. They used to have that all the time at the racetracks. Uh, Marcus Smith is trying to bring it back. He's attempting to do this at a lot of racetracks throughout the rest of the season. Uh, it's great for the fans. They have somewhere to go and something to do on Saturday night. They do a lot of concerts and stuff, like Tim Duggar comes and plays and stuff like that. But this will be great. The drivers will go out there. They're good. Drivers are going to have to uh, – the drivers are going to have to come out there on their own free will, though. Oh, yeah. okay. It's not, yeah, no contractual. No. So if you get asked to do it, I mean, you're going to have to offer up your time to go do it. Uh, Marcus asked me to come this weekend, so we went. Uh, Clint Boyer was there, Austin Dillon, uh, Blaney. A lot of fun sitting up there joking. It's kind of a – it's definitely unscripted, and they do rec- they do play it on NASCAR.com, but we really don't pay attention to that. And you're going to hear some stuff that's pretty uh, – Vulgar? Not vulgar, I wouldn't say is the word, but it's just uh, not PG. Yeah, it's not it's not PG. Yeah, it's just um, you're gonna hear the real stuff. That's cool. Yeah, the real conversation. Um, first thing that happened was we got up there backstage and I tooted, and didn't tell anybody. And then Clint smelled it, and then we walked out on stage, and he uh, can continued to complain about this. I can believe it. And so we, you know, we had to tell everybody what was going on. I've been a victim of one of these before. Yeah. They, this thing's Silent linger. but deadly. They linger a long yeah. time. So those are the, those are the type of things. Unfiltered. Oh, okay. I guess is the way. That's to, a good word. Yeah. Yeah. So we um, and we talked about beer a lot, Dang. which was uh, yeah. I mean, we could just Clint Boyer it, talked about everywhere beer? the conversation went. We were running into beer conversation. I heard that you guys were couldn't avoid. To, I heard y'all you were supposed to toss the beer um, some lobsters, and you opted not to do that. Well, when they asked me to go up there, and when they asked me, when they texted me and said, hey, will you come talk on the stage for uh, this Trackside Live? I said, yeah, just, uh, and they said, we promise it won't, won't be any gimmicks. I'm like, you know, I don't like gimmicks. I'm do no silly crap. So I'll come up there and do some Q&A, and that'll be fun. And right before we get ready to go up there, they said, oh, uh, we're going to do this lobster toss game. I'm like, nope, nope, no, no, <laughs> no <gimmicks. we> ain't. <laughs> nope, not doing it. So I text Marcus Smith. I said, look, man, not doing no gimmicks. And uh, he said, that's okay. I'm allergic to lobster. And I said, well, I'm allergic to BS and gimmicks. So not doing it. <laughs> Glad we're not. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a lobster phobia? Did you see that about I Denny I don't Hamlin? have a lobster phobia. Yeah, I saw him chasing Denny around. I I thought that was a joke but yeah, he, he really did I mean, that, by this yeah that big lobster i'd hold that thing up did he hold it up for the picture i imagine I he had to yeah but it wasn't did. very long i'm sure snapped them pictures quick um by the time this airs we will have unveiled the darlington throwback well, long awaited yes fans really been asking for a long time when this thing's going to come out so for those who haven't seen it tell them which car it is why we picked that 
so we are running the AC Delco paint scheme that I ran in 1998 1999 in the Xfinity Series. Won two championships one with it. One of my favorite cars. Is it one of your favorites? Yes. When I became a Dale Earnhardt Jr. You were a Dale Earnhardt Jr. Supporter. Fan? Yeah. Really? I have that picture that I posted oh on gosh. Instagram a long time ago. It was And how disappointed are you now <laughs> <laughs> to know the real Dale Jr. Boo. Yeah. But this is a car. Well, I'm very excited about this because, you know, typically, uh, obviously, the throwbacks, we, we acknowledge a car that, uh, or a driver or, or some era uh, from the past. Uh, rarely do you see guys actually do their own cars. Now, Jeff Gordon's done his rainbow car a few times in yeah. different races. but uh, So this is kind of rare. I hope the fans will accept that uh, and be receptive to me running one of my cars. I anticipate they'll love it. I do too. But um, I guess hopefully the rest of the sport's okay with it. I really, uh, w- this, is this, this is the car that uh, launched my career. Right. This, I mean, this is the car that was the catalyst to everything else. And I had not had, a, I had not had really any true success. I had not done enough or really anything in a car to warrant um, you know, any real look from an owner or, or from anybody to, it, you know, it just, it, it was the car, man, that really sent me into the, the stratosphere. Is that way you put it? Yeah. Like this was before the bud car. Yeah. This is the car that got you to the bud car. Exactly. Uh, we were very successful. I think we won 13 races in those two years, two championships, just had the time of our lives with Tony senior and Tony junior and that whole crew. Um, a lot of family on that team. Just a really, really fun time. Couldn't do any. I mean, that car drove so good every week. Do you think that Matt Kenseth will be disappointed to see this car come back because you beat him for the championship both I years? I don't think that that's the Matt Kenseth feelings, yeah. Oh, okay. I don't Maybe think he'll like seeing it come back. Here comes Morbid Tyler. Morbid Tyler. This is, this is funny, Tyler, <clears throat> okay. I think. What are the chances? I, think, I was what? thinking you were going to say, do you think Matt Kenseth would be jealous that he didn't think of bringing back his no, old no, no. DeWalt car? I was thinking. So we could have like, hey, he's like, hey, man, yeah. why didn't you call me? I could bring my car back and we could have matching well, Xfinity yeah, cars. Well, last week you said I something about. I thought that's about, what you were going to say. You said you gave Matt an idea. I, and, I, and me knowing what yours was, I was like, oh, cool. Maybe he told Matt. No, no. Uh, he told me what his sponsor was and the colors he was working with, and I and we dug into his history and his family history, and I pointed him in a direction. Now we'll see if he took it or not. I got you. See, I thought I was like, oh, he's got Dewalt again. Mm. He could. He doesn't have Dewalt in that race. Okay. Well, it's not that won't happen. But, but what are the chances? <laughs> I didn't. I took this question off of your sheet. What are the chances that you will go clean shaven and bring back the frosted tips? I won't. Bring back the frosted tips. I know that much. I don't think I'll be clean shaven either. Why? Because you gotta go all in on the throwback. Golly, man! Because that stuff will be there the next week and the week after. <laughs> It'll grow back. You should at least do the clean shaven. I don't think I had frosted tips when I ran this you AC Delco car. At some point, you did. Mm, man, I'm not sure. Maybe, oh my gosh. maybe. The back half of 1999. Could, if Amy approves of the frosted tips, could we get those for one weekend? No. Okay. Because they got, you know, they don't, you don't. You they can don't wear a hat. The rest of the season? till no, I get up, till it grows you out? You can just dye it back. It stays, uh, no, I'm not doing all that. I know now fans are going to want that. Not yep. doing it. No. Fans, please. I don't want to shave my beard, man. It's hunting season. <laughs> it's not. It is. It's going to be Labor Day in South Carolina. It's going to be hot. It's going to be near hunting season. It's not. That's November. I know. You'll have two months to grow it back. Nope. But either way, we're looking forward to the AC Delco paint scheme yep. on the Nationwide car. That I'm was, looking forward to that, too. So it'll be fun. You're going to have the fire suit, the red shoes, everything. Yeah, I had red shoes, so that's going to be fun. Also, we, we put this back in here because... I want to know why you put this back in here. We talked about this last week. Because Mike said that you guys talked for two hours, and he had to cut it out. Oh, so we didn't, talk, we didn't get this in the show last no. week. No. Yeah, so the NBA fined Joe, Joel, how do you say his last name? Embiid. Embiid. Joel Embiid got fined $10,000 for using inappropriate language on social media. He said the F word in, a, in an Instagram post. Like verbally said it or he typed it out? Typed it out. Oh. Fined $10,000. Yeah. yeah. I don't agree with that. I, I, I wanted to bring that up because I think that sort of 
crosses a line of uh, where really the NBA can have that kind of control or any governing body. I think if Joel wants to use the F word, he should be able to use the F word. I think he, yes, I agree. As long as he's not like F the NBA, yeah. F the refs, F this guy. F but the refs, that's the, a fine. The context in which he used it was semi-joking from what I read. Yep. So, yeah, I agree. I um, I think there's, that's a little bit, we've got to be careful about how much, you know, let, let these guys have their personality. Yeah, Just like got, any other sport, athlete, celebrity, musician, you want the real, I mean, it's going to offend somebody, but people are offended about everything. We're so, already having a problem where I think that, um, you know, that there's a little, there's a little bit of uh, personalities being stifled in, in, in all forms of sport. Uh, and when the NBA does this, that opens the door for other other sporting organizations to right. go in that direction as well, you know. And well, the NBA did it, and I think you know maybe we should be doing that. We don't want our guys, you know, saying the f word or using foul language. So we're going to do that as well. We're going to start, you know, it's a lot of copycat going on. And that's I, part of the beauty of social media is you get authentic. Yeah. I don't want. Yeah, I, I agree. I think is you know is, there are some very dark areas of social media, but um, this wasn't one of them. This was yeah. This wasn't one of them. I think that it. I think it steps over the line a little bit. It'd be interesting to hear what the fans think about that. I mean, I mean, there's people out there that don't care to read that language, right? I'm sure, but and. My, don't my feeling guy. is is my feeling is if if, if this is bad for Joel, then he's going to get his yeah. penalty in the pu- court of public opinion. The NBA doesn't have right. isn't necessary for the NBA to step in there. Right. Speaking of guys saying the f word, what was your thoughts on the Mayweather McGregor media tour last what week? What a mess! <laughs> oh my god, man. I mean, does that make you? It's all stage. I think it. Well, yeah, I do it's too. It's such a it's such a stage, man. This isn't real life. This this is all BS. There was one rumor where they flew together, but then I think they came back and said they yeah. no, they flew on identical jets, but yeah. they were separate. But yeah, it seems very fake. It's funny. I, yeah, I, it is funny. It is hard not to uh, to keep a kind of you know keep a close eye on it, and uh, it, it's a spectacle. I've never seen anything like it. It's like a spectacle. Four days. Going yeah. from L.A. to Toronto They're, to Brooklyn to uh, London. Well, this is most likely, uh, you know, the obviously biggest pay-per-view opportunity for for these guys in in, in boxing. Uh, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna break the records, and they're just uh, so the the tour itself makes sense because they want to go around the world and get the whole world globally interested in this fight. Uh, but the way they've been reacting and, and acting together. Uh, during the the media scrum, yeah, is it's crazy. It's hard to believe. Uh, I like McGregor, but it, like from his side, I can see it. But Mayweather is a forty nine and zero champ. I don't know why he doesn't need to be acting like a fool like they're doing. So yeah. that's a little confusing to me. Um, it's a bit too uh, reality TV ish or fake. That's what people like these days. I, I mean. I don't know if that's a good reference, but it's a bit fake, man. It just doesn't seem like these guys are really. I was. There's waiting. no hit. They don't have a history, right? To where they should. To be, where they so. should be acting this way. Yeah, with each other. Yeah. Neither. I mean, McGregor came up through a totally different discipline than Mayweather, and they didn't. They they never were Sorry. destined to intersect. Yeah. There was no, you know, man. In 20 years, I'm gonna fight this guy. Uh, or, I, you know, I've been fighting for 10 years and, and he's the guy I want to knock off. You know, I've been looking for this fight for forever. You know, right. this, is, this is just two guys going in for a massive money grab. Don't blame them. A lot of freaking money. So, yeah. Oof. But I don't know whether they expect people to really believe this back and forth. Yeah, because then it, it just happened. I, what's your plan over? on the fight? Like, how are you going to see the fight? How am I going to see it? Yeah, I'm going to try to find someone who is buying it and go over to their TV. I yeah, I'm going to be at the beach again because that'll be on our off weekend. Yeah, 
and I'm going to try to find a bar that's showing it. Okay. Whenever um, Mayweather fought Pacquiao, I watched it on Periscope. Man, I should have did that. Ske- it's very sketchy. I know, but I, sh- I should have did that. I bought that fight, and that's why, and I, regrettably, uh, I regret buying that one, and that's why that I will not buy this fight. Um, I'll be watching it on someone else's TV who bought that fight. But we will be buying Triple G Canelo. Yeah, the fight I'm excited for is Triple G and Canelo. That those guys, in my opinion, I think that those guys legitimately are. They've been trying, waiting for years to yeah, fight. They've been trying to get this going, and there's really uh, something critical on the line aside from millions of dollars. Right. You know, one, the, they they both are giving up their records. Uh. I know that Canelo has had loss on his on his record to Mayweather, but basically the guy that comes out of this as the victor is the best pound for pound. I don't think that even though Mayweather is unretiring, the fact that he's fighting McGregor, I don't he's think fighting anybody else. I don't think that puts him back into the ranking of pound for pound greatest. Right? Do you? No. He needs to fight a boxer. Yeah. To be back in that conversation, because in my opinion, he's still retired. Yeah, he's, he's just doing he, this for the money. I don't even know if you... You've got to put an asterisk beside his 15-0 record if he wins this fight. Really? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, he's, cause it's, it's a commission fight. It, well, I know, but I think that he's going to outmatch McGregor so terribly oh. that it's not... A lot of people may argue that should this fight actually count on his record. Oh. <laughs> By the end of the match, maybe going in, you might all feel like this is a legitimate fight. But if he goes in there and just flattens... McGregor and McGregor didn't have a chance in hell. Do you, I mean, do you put do you do you count the the Dana win? White, Dana White said if McGregor hits him once, it's over. Well, I bet there's a lot of people hoping for that. One and done. Yeah, the hope no, that McGregor can get in there and connect and make that you know make it a fight. I would be one of those people. I don't think that McGregor hits that hard. I mean, he didn't, you know he hit Diaz plenty of times and didn't knock him flat on the ground. He knocked him down. Not out. Went Not over. out. Went no. over, buddy. And they didn't. Yeah, they he didn't have, the, big, right they didn't have the gloves on. Yeah, like just got up, slapped him. Yeah. Said, "How dare you knock me down?" Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the Ask Junior questions. All right. Let's at Water Cooler Dale asked what are your thoughts on richmond raceways upgrades and other tracks phoenix currently adding to their infield experience i'm really ticked off about this richmond upgrade because it's coming in so late this oh, should have yeah. happened a long time ago yeah uh looks great they're gonna do an amazing job it's going to uh you know it's gonna it's 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 what richmond needs to do i think to stay uh stay relevant and and you know, again, it's about time. We've been uh, we've been kind of packed in those garages for a long time. Yeah, the Richmond one right now is not, not ideal. Good. You're crammed right up against the track. It's hard to get in and out of. Xfinity <clears throat> is Xfinity's just, just a big old parking lot. Yeah. This is going to be great. It looks awesome. What do you think about them renaming the track? They dropped International. So what is it? It's just Richmond Raceway now. Fine with me. It's not RIR. They got a new Twitter handle. Richmond Raceway. Yeah. I like it. We're we're gonna have some news coming about you and Richmond Raceway within the next week or so. Yeah, I got we'll the be going uh, up there and I'm doing the winter circle up there. Yes, so yeah, I'm excited about that if it all works out. I what I heard today is it's about ninety nine percent works out. You're gonna love so. this, so we'll be uh, we'll be telling you about that soon. All right, at Adam King eight eight three asked, why are the same cars forty two seventy eight eighteen fast every week regardless of the track type? In the two thousand, it seemed like it was different from week to week, or at least based on the style of track. Well, basically, with the way the cars work today, uh, if you can find a gimmick or something that works that the other teams don't have, don't understand, an advantage, then you'll set yourself apart from the rest of the field, no matter the track, no matter the configuration. Whether it's uh, something in the suspension, something in the downforce, uh, and it doesn't have to be illegal. It can be a legal uh, piece that, you know, it just it's something you've engineered that you've kept to yourself and that the other teams don't know about. Obviously, um, anytime you see a car go fast repeatedly week after week after week, you know, everybody in the garage 
is going to be looking at that car, trying to figure out what is he doing, what is, what looks different, what 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 is different on that car right. that is uh, something I've never seen or something I'm not doing to my car. And uh, so that's it. I mean, and it's not something. It's not new. We've seen this in the past. We've seen this with other teams in the past. Yeah, I mean, one year it was the four, then it was the Toyotas. Yeah. Before that, it was yeah. One, that, yeah, there for a while, Harvick was so fast every week in every practice. One of the best in every race. Uh, it's sort of, you know, and why do those guys not hang on? Why do these? Why does it sort of cycle in and out from different teams? I mean, it, NASCAR changes a rule, or 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 you know, takes away something, or uh, there's a there's a change in the aero package, or something that may affect your advantage. Uh, so I would I would expect the 42, 78, 18, those guys to continue to be fast the rest of the year. Hopefully, though, you know, HMS and, and um, you know, figures out yeah, I this mean, advantage. You know, that's what the, you hope. You the hope season, that we the are, season HMS has had this year is pretty similar to last, last year, year. And then they found something. I said that very thing to Greg as soon as I got out of the car and leaned up against the wall at New Hampshire this weekend. I said, Greg, I said, we're pretty much in the same spot we were last year at this time. We're just not fast enough as a company. And you don't, you know, it's not time to panic or freak out. Last year, we uh, worked hard during this span of time where we struggled in the summer. And by the time the chase rolled around, we were all strong. The 88 was strong. All the HMS cars were strong. Jimmy ends up winning the championship. So, you're, you know, you don't, one thing you do not do is you don't run into the NASCAR hauler or go up to the officials and complain. This guy, I think he's doing X, or I think he's doing Y. Uh, you need to take a look at his car. It's not right. You don't do that. All everybody does is work harder. You get in there, and you work harder, and you try to figure out exactly what you think that advantage is. Um, or find your own advantage. Yeah, or create an advantage. Yeah. You know, We have engineers that are not even traveling to the racetrack that are back at the shop that are trying to find that advantage. And they're looking everywhere all over the car trying to figure out how to re-engineer pieces and parts and stuff to take advantage of grip and aero, mechanical and uh, mechanical grip and all kinds of things. So it's a, it's, it's, we're banging away at it all the time. And hopefully when the chase comes, uh, we'll figure out something that can help us as a company win the championship. At Rye underscore 24 asks, why don't you play in Denny Hamlin's basketball league? Well, you got to get an invite. You haven't been invited? I don't think so. Oh, I haven't. But I really don't have time for two leagues. <clears throat> kind of the Dirty Mo Basketball League is the original. Well, let's not get in a competition because uh, Denny will certainly outspend us. <clears throat> we, um, I, do, I do think that Denny needs to step his jersey game up. Oh. You know, we got, we got shorts, shirts, and uh, we do our own we – we do in-house dry cleaning. Uh, so you just – you know, you wear your jersey – you throw it in the corner. I take you to dry cleaner. Come back. You next game. You got a brand new dry clean yeah. jersey. So, but you have to wear. You know, you're not just wearing a shirt. Yeah. And wearing whatever shorts you want. Oh, is that what they do? Yeah. Have you not oh, seen the pictures? No. So they just have a jersey. Oh yeah. They don't have shorts. They don't have the whole thing. Uh, so I think they need to step that up. I don't anticipate him taking too long before he steps up the jersey game. Uh, he runs full court, five on five. We're three on three half court. Yeah. So we're kind of like the big three. Yeah. And he's the NBA. Ice Cube yeah. <laughs> made a league. And he has legitimate players in his league. Like, not not college guys, or, or but he has big guys that actually play ball. And Denny's oh, yeah. really good at ball. Yeah. Uh, our league is a league for people that aren't good at ball. Yeah. They're just We have a couple guys that, it's that are for knockdown shooters. Yeah. Uh, we do have a couple guys that are knockdown shooters, and... And I think we could put a team together that would do very well in Denny's league. But our league, if you play too good or you too, you know, you get kicked out. Yeah, Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon He's plays in Denny's, Denny's league. league. Was you know, kicked out's a strong word, but he was not invited back after his first season because he was too good. Yeah, yeah. He hustled <laughs> a lot. And I'm not fixing the league so I can win. No, that is not I'm what your I'm team, doing. You're so. on my team, and we're losing. But. uh we just got to keep the play. It's three on three. We don't play real tight defense. We don't. Uh, 
You we know, do have we, a ref and a foul limit. Yeah, we but, have a lot of rules and refs and all that stuff. We try to play pretty. We, it's fun. It's just for fun. We drink a lot of beer. It's 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 really about just hanging out with your friends. There's 35 guys in our league. It's about all these guys getting to know each other, having a lot of fun. Uh, and if you are good, kind of play down a little bit. Keep it realistic. Right. No blowout wins. One time, I go, when I go out of town, you guys, yeah. uh, you don't play. You don't. Shit hits the fan. Shit hits the fan. Yeah. So when I when I'm here, everything's good. When I go out of town, they fight. Uh, somebody scores a hundred. Everybody's pissed. I was on that team last year. Yeah. Wait, it was. When I you was went so to, upset. You went to Germany. <laughs> you guys did not honor the code. The, uh, ethi- the ethics code. Hey, whatever. <laughs> now I'm on your team. At J underscore Crutzinger twenty two. What's the chances that you race at Iowa next year in Xfinity? Lots of your fans around here. And there's not, obviously not a cup yeah. race. I might do it. I'm going to have some time to go race. I think Iowa's right in the middle of the season, right? There's one in June and one in July. Oh, really? Yeah, so, so there's two opportunities. Uh, yeah, I may do it. That's a cool track. I know. I've never raced there. I've tested there one time. I, I, let's go. And me and TJ. Let me, find me, uh, let me see if my, any of my sponsors are interested. Me and TJ tried to uh, sell this because they're – um, airport is right Next within walking distance to the track. There you go. So that's a good reason. We can make that happen. Yep. Fly right in, get to get to racing. All right. This is at Sean underscore Gebian, I guess, asked, What's the protocol for taking a photo with a dude when it comes to your arm placement? Arm around the waist or shoulders or down to the side? Um, Certainly not around the waist. Yeah, I'm not an arm around the waist guy. Uh, on the shoulders cool. Like we've known each other a while, we're buds and gonna have a beer. Yeah. You just bought me a beer, or we just drank some beer. Why does everything come down to beer? Yeah. See, I don't know what that. Amy does not. You like. have a beer right now. Amy does. Uh, yeah. Amy says I talk about beer too much. It's okay. Beer is good. It's obvious to me now. She's right. All right. At Joe Du Bois asked, besides your dad, who is your favorite driver of all time? Well, I, I like Jimmy Means. I was a big fan of the underdog. Jimmy was definitely an underdog. Uh, Kel Yarbrough. Kel Yarbrough. Top of the list, Kel Yarbrough. So is that, you got to, the first throwback car you ran was Kel Yarbrough. Yeah. Valvoline. At Jay Keezer asked, what are your thoughts on more tracks using the VHT like we've seen? Do you think that we should see that? Or are there any tracks where you think that would be a good idea? Um, I haven't really thought about it. I just, I think we need to go from, uh, I don't really want to use that stuff. Uh, maybe at Richmond, I think they could put it in a second and third groove up against the fence, but don't, don't definitely do not put it in the bottom groove. Richmond would be a good place to throw it down. At Mike Stark, 88888, do you get excited to watch the truck race at Eldora, and would you have interest in running that yourself? I have no interest in running that race. I don't have any real dirt experience, so I wouldn't really want to put all that effort in to just go run one race. But, um, uh, and I'm not going to get to watch it. Me and you have an appearance this yeah, Vegas in Vegas for Exalta, so we're not going to get an opportunity to see that race. But I do like to watch it. It's an awesome race. Maybe you could record it. Yeah. I don't like to record things because I, I watch them on. You read y'all it on hear Twitter. about it. Yeah, it's kind of you get yeah somebody ruins somebody it. yeah. So just we'll not see it this year. I'm assuming that Christopher Bell is going to win. I look forward to seeing it next season. Yeah, be able to watch it. Who do you think is going to win, Christopher Bell? Sure, I'll take Christopher Bell. Or Rico Abreu. Christopher Bell. I don't think Rico's got enough truck. He, oh, at smiles a lot asked. I think Blaney or Stenhouse said you have the best music and have a lot of musical knowledge. Any chance that you would release your playlist? Wow, they really said that, huh? I, I think Blaney said a, that, yeah. I have a playlist on Spotify. What's it called? Let me see. So, I mean, I've tried to share it. I tweeted about my uh, playlist on Spotify. The playlist is called A Song or Two. The, the number two. A Song or Two, folks. Yeah. It's called a song or two, and um, how many songs are on it? Right now, 115. There you go. That'll keep you busy for a day. Yeah. That's all the questions we got this week. As always, thank you for sending in questions using the hashtag AskJunior. That's hashtag AskJR. Uh, we'll get to more, some more fan questions next week. 
If you love Dale Jr., then Exalta Racing is your go-to social media account on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It brings you insider's info all weekend long on the 88 team. It's at Exalta Racing, a must-follow for any Dale Jr. fan. So looking ahead, uh, as we said in the uh, Q&A, Ask Jr. session, Wednesday, we're in Las Vegas for Exalta. Some signing autographs and taking pictures. Yep. In a booth. Yep. Is it some kind of expo? Yep. Okay. At the convention center. Convention center. Friday, we have the TMC transportation appearance in Indianapolis. Yep. That's with Michael Annette. Yep. Part of his partnership. What's, gonna do, what's, what's happening there? You know what we've got going on? Uh, photos and autographs again. Cool. All right. Meet and greet with some of their executives. That's, that's Friday evening. They just opened this new facility, so we're it's kind of the grand opening event. Gotcha. Saturday, we got two practices. Uh... The Xfinity race is at 3.30 Eastern on NBC Sports Network. Qualifying will be at 6.15 after the Xfinity race on the same network. Sunday, I'm doing the Chevy stage appearance at 12 noon. I think uh, I heard Casey Kane and Jimmy Johnson might be doing it at the same time as you. That's so great. That should be fun. Yeah, I like doing the Chevy stage. It's a lot of fun. The race is at 2.30, so don't forget 2.30. It's not 3. Not it's 3. So what do you think? Is that a good show? I think it was okay. All right. We well, very informational. I know. And uh, a lot going on. We'll try to keep you guys up to date. Again, if you got questions for this show, send them in at hashtag AskJunior. All right. See y'all. See you guys. Junior Download and all Dirty Mo Radio podcasts are made possible by Exalta. You can subscribe to all eight programs on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and all major podcasting outlets. As always, you can listen to Dirty Mo Radio podcast on DaleJr.com. Follow us on Twitter at Dale Jr., at Overstreet Tyler, and at Dirty Mo Radio. Also, check out the Dirty Mo Radio Facebook page. I reach my point.
Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. 